0: Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that.
1: Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome to Dual Threat. I'm Norman Ciotti. I'm Stephen Ruiz. And we are here for the second time this season, I think, Stephen. Uh To revisit the AFC, there's a month left in the year, and I think this is going to be the second time that we've done a pod, kind of going back through some things we thought were true about this conference and what's actually turned up happening. The first time was when we had to question what I had posited at the beginning of the season about the AFC being the obviously stronger conference of the two. This time, we're going to look within. Um, We're not comping the AFC and the NFC, but we're just going to look at the AFC sort of power ranking order uh, and who the cream of the crop has turned out to be, which if you look at the playoff picture as it stands right now, the thing that sticks out to me that has really been the thing that's undermined all those predictions from before the start of the year is that success in this conference that we previewed by talking about the all-star quarterbacks and how some number of you know, the 10 give or take high level quarterbacks were going to be left out of the playoff picture has actually turned out not to be defined by exemplary quarterback play. Um, It's been the Steelers sort of miraculously winning these close games and winning with defense and just good breaks of the ball. It's been the Browns having an elite defense uh, and it's been teams like The Colts with Gardner Minshew now just getting a lot of contributions from players around the roster who, you know, are not superstars, not not people that we sort of expected to lead a team to success at the beginning of the year. I'll I'll ask you first, Stephen, is there anything besides just the randomness of quarterback injuries and the football gods that's brought up us to this point, you think, where we do have four.
0: First of all, I have to commend you for getting through your explanations of why these teams are winning because it's very hard to explain, especially with the Steelers. It's just like I don't know; it's just kind of happening. But it's yeah, just I,
1: happening. It, it, it's just
0: happening. It's they're the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin is in the stadium, so it just happens. But it it kind of just feels random, right? Like, it doesn't feel like there is a, a valid explanation for it because the the explanation we would default to normally is, oh, they don't have a good quarterback. And that's the difference between a good team and a bad team. But you look at the time, especially like you don't even have to look at the playoff picture. Just consider this. The two best quarterbacks in the NFL are a combined 14 and 10 this season. Patrick Mullins and Josh Allen.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Like that, that's just a ridiculous, everything we think we know about football and how to build a team and how important the quarterback is like, that just contradicts everything we think we know. And I think that's been almost the theme of the season. Like I know I've been pushing back against Brock Purdy winning MVP, but it would almost be fitting that he wins it considering like the struggles we've seen the elite guys at the top of the quarterback hierarchy have this year.
1: Well, or even, I mean, look, if, if again, if you look at the current AFC playoff picture, the number one seed, and that's because of tiebreakers and stuff, but right now the Dolphins are the number one seed. And that's a team where the elite receiver, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know the the, uh, most up-to-date information on the betting market specifically, but the elite receiver on that team is probably more likely to win MVP than the quarterback. And that's not... And the quarterback who's not too shabby, right? Like, but... Mm -hmm it still speaks to the nature of how that offense works that Tyreek Hill probably has a better case on the team than Tua and that's one of the teams where we're not really talking about them in this conversation right because they have a healthy starting quarterback he's contributing to wins all of that what we're really talking about is okay CJ Beathard is going to be the quarterback of the Jaguars for the time being sounds like Trevor Lawrence is likely to come back down the road uh he's dealing with a sprained ankle which is less severe than it initially looked like it could have been on Monday. Um, The Steelers have Mitchell Trubisky starting over Kenny Pickett right now. Kenny Pickett's probably going to come back in a few weeks from ankle injury, but I mean, potato potato is a little bit the case with that (laughs) one, at (laughs) least to my eye. Minshew's going to be uh, the Colts guy going forward. And then, Joe Flacco with the Browns I think is going to continue to start games. They're putting him on the the um practice squad right now which just has to do I think with with roster numbers. It seems to me that if he can continue um looking similar to how he did on Sunday, they're obviously going to going to want to go um go with him over PJ Walker. But that's 4 of 7 AFC teams in the playoffs right now on backup quarterbacks. And I, when we talk about why that's happened, I mean, it is just injuries. The other thing is that there are so many injured quarterbacks this season that some of those Steelers wins, right? Those are coming against other teams with other injured quarterbacks and everyone is just playing each other and <laughs> like stacking wins against weaker opponents and and some of the resumes and some of the... um the the collection of victories that have gotten some of these teams to this place is is I think um, a little everything is eating itself is basically what I'm trying to say. There are so many injuries that it is making it you know it's it's inevitable that some of those teams are going to be in the playoffs, but also how they got there has to do with some of the injuries as well. And,
0: uh, I was going to say that's that's what makes like separating these teams just by using record so hard. By just like looking at the AFC standings, you're not really getting a great picture of the power structure of the conference. Like for instance, the the Colts and how we kind of talk about them—they're only two games back of the Ravens. Like if the Ravens go on like a little cold streak and the and the Colts get hot, they would pass <laughs> them in the standings because they have the tiebreaker. Over. Like this this season is so jumbled that it's just so hard to sort out this mess like everyone like you said they're just eating each other and that goes for like the bad teams against the good teams even
1: I'm obviously you are not actually making this case but this would be the season to end up with something like you know number one seed the Gardner Minshew Colts it's not going to happen obviously but it's closer uh within the realm of possibility than it seems like it has any right to be so we were having a conversation about this and just the state of things in the AFC with all of these injuries, with what the field looks like right now, with teams like the Bills uh currently on the outside, just feeling like they like we would be missing out by not having that team, by not having Josh Allen in the playoffs. And what did we say, Steven? What what was what was the thing that we realized we really needed here?
0: Well, I think we realized after talking about the college football playoff and how everyone was upset about the the system or the thinking that went into leaving Florida State, an undefeated team, out of the playoffs, I was thinking, and I think everyone agreed, like, we say we don't want that. We want, like, uh, we want it to be earned on merit. But if we have to watch the NFL playoffs and Gardner Minshew is playing P.J. Walker on a Saturday afternoon, we're going to be pissed. And we're going to be like, God, I wish they did it like the college football playoff. So this I think a- that's what we should do.
1: I'm not, we're, none of us are saying, or at least I'm not saying, that we would like to permanently implement the college football playoff committee for the NFL, but I think that we can agree that if you look at this year's AFC, it kind of seems like a job for the selection committee. So It works on
0: two levels, too. It's not only the level of, oh, we get to enjoy better matchups in the playoffs, it's also the thing that we just got done doing with college football. We also get to complain about the system in the first place. Like if the, we leave the Jags out because the tre- Trevor Lawrence doesn't make it. And then everyone's like, oh, they went eight and four. They won- they're winning the AFC South and you let them out. Like that's not fair. And there's nothing we love more than complaining about like injustices in sports.
1: That's the whole so point of the, refereeing, right?
0: We get both. We get the best of both worlds.
1: So we thought that we would appoint ourselves. Uh, Naturally. A, a, a two-person... NFL playoff selection committee. And we're going to kind of use the the rubric that the college football selection committee uses. Although I think everybody knows that that's kind of a black box in terms of what actually goes on and how it actually works. Um, either that or they just look at what would get us the best TV ratings and then just make some decisions based on that. But on the website, uh, the committee is supposed to place an emphasis, it says that the committee is supposed to place an emphasis on winning conference championships, strength of schedule, and a head-to-head competition when comparing teams with similar records and pedigree. Uh, we are supposed to honor regular season success while at the same time providing enough flexibility and discretion to select a non-champion or independent under circumstances where that particular non-champion or independent is unequivocally one of the four best teams in the country. Now, obviously some of these things are not our apples to oranges, um, with the NFL, but I think you can kind of loosely say that we could think about division winners Mm -hmm. in a similar way where, so if, if a team seems as though it's going to win its division, we are supposed to sort of honor that, sort of think about it. But if there's really strong evidence to ignore that in favor of a team that, that uh, might come in second in division or something like that, we can make the decision to do that. Um, and then when circumstances at the margins indicate that teams are comparable, then the following criteria must be considered. Championships one, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition if it occurred. And then this one I thought was interesting. Comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting margin of victory. This couldn't matter less. This is like the eighth bullet point. Why don't we care about margin of victory? I care about margin of victory. I think margin of victory matters.
0: I don't know. Like all the nerds, all the research tells us that it does matter. Point the difference nerds is- love
1: margin of victory. And isn't it like are this not- is college? When so colleges is- don't get is- credit? America's colleges are just like ignoring data here.
0: Yeah, it's it's terrible. The Dolphins don't get credit for scoring seventy points.
1: We played the 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 noise every ten minutes. Does nah, that I mean nothing to you? On
0: also very sneaky of the college football committee. I noticed when you were reading that back, they snuck in pedigree as one of like the the facets of, of their decision making.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna exploit that. Cause that could I could just be like, Oh yeah, I like this team better. Like they're they're just historically better and, and we like watching them.
1: So do you think that's what pedigree means to them? It's not like, it's, it's not a season to season thing about what your results have been and how good a team has actually been in the year. Do you think it's like, yeah, well, people know Alabama. So we're no, going to need think, to.
0: I think it's what you said at first, but I think that's how they end up using it. It's just yeah. like, okay, they're pedigree. Sneaky, you
1: know? sneaky. <laughs> um, so that that's, that's what it says on the, the website, but the upshot is basically that we can do whatever we want. So I hope we take, both both the writ rules of the game and also the spirit of the college football playoff committee, which is just to fuck around whenever they feel like it. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to apply that to the AFC playoffs and seed this thing as it should be seeded. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and then we'll start doing that. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 Moneyline bet wins. We're coming up on one of the games of the season, Bill's Chiefs on Sunday. And the over-under, it's at 48.5. That seems kind of low for both Josh Allen and and Patrick Mahomes in a really critical situation. I kind of like the over there. There's also a weekly special for either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to record 400 or more passing yards that's plus 850. I think that's another fun one. I think it's fun to focus on one of the biggest games of the week. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same game parlays, bets in the new Explore tab, you can dive into the Parlay Hub which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So, visit fanduel.com/ringerNFL and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame Moneyline wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
1: Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode
0: is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: <sighs> All right, we're back on dual threat. Uh, Steven, without further ado, who is your your one seed for the dual threat AFC NFL Playoff Selection Committees seeding? I
0: think this is an obvious one for me. And I don't know about you, but I picked the Ravens. And I picked the Ravens because, one, I think they have the... They've been the most impressive on the film, on the film, on the field. Like however you want to want. When you watch them, they look like a team that's the most complete, on defense and offense. They have an MVP candidate in Lamar Jackson, although he's kind of on the fringes now. But also, I feel like it's been a while, and they've. I, I guess the Browns game didn't happen too long ago, but they've avoided losses against like their competition. Their losses have come against teams where it where you could frame them as uh, a trap game, like the Colts game. That was just a weird game that they lost and I don't I don't know if they came to play. I don't think they played their A game. The Browns game you could say the same thing, but when they've played like the Lions at home and you have a chance to like prove a point to the league, they proved that point very convincingly. When they played the Bengals earlier in their year, they proved that point very convincingly and I think they were I think they would have won that game that Thursday game before Burrow went out, but like obviously that kind of throws a wrench in things, but they've beaten a lot of good teams convincingly and I don't think you could say that about the other teams at the top of the division like the Dolphins most impressive win It's probably that Denver game, which, you know, at the time, not as impressive as it is now. The Chiefs, uh, they haven't looked good all year. So I think the Ravens are a no-brainer. How do you feel?
1: Complete no-brainer. Would love to see this team end up with the one seed, IRL, clearly the most complete team in the conference. I think, I mean, we've talked about the case for them having the best defense in the league offensively. They can be explosive. They're balanced. We haven't always seen their best game, but we know what they're capable of there. I would love to see this team make a deep playoff run just because I'm excited about every game where we get to see the Ravens go up against a quality opponent. One, just because they're a very good football team. It's fun to watch them. But two, because they can... You never know what's going to happen. You never know what the game is going to look like. I, I think you often use the phrase, like, styles make fights in the playoffs, especially... And I think the Ravens are really uniquely positioned to to take that to other teams, but also to be able to roll with the punches if they get a team like the 49ers that's really good at just kind of enforcing their style of football on you. I think that's going to be, we're going to get that matchup in the regular season. Right now, if I had to pick what the Super Bowl matchup feels like, it's going to be, I would say Ravens 49ers. And it's just a really interesting one because... When we talk about the Baltimore offense, they can beat you through the air, but they can also beat you on the ground. They can do it with a combination. Defensively, it is such a flexible unit. McDonald is such a good game planner, so good in games. They can deal with different types of offenses. So uh, this is me just talking about how much fun I think this year's Ravens team is. I don't even really think that that we need to spend a lot of time like making the argument for the Ravens as a one seed. Um the the two other currently tied for record teams at the top of the, the um conference are the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And I think both of those teams have looked noticeably more vulnerable than Baltimore this year.
0: Yeah, I think that's like the interesting question. If like the Chiefs were nine and three instead of eight and four and had the same record as the Ravens, would we put them over them because of the pedigree aspect? Because we've seen them do it before. I I think it's like, it's funny to laugh off like the word pedigree, but like that does matter in the playoffs, right? Like I've seen Patrick Mahomes do this. We've never seen We've never seen the Ravens do it. And like, that would be the one thing, like the only team that I considered putting over Baltimore, and this would be a total college football playoff, like uh, I just care about ratings and nothing else, was the Chiefs. And really, like, the argument makes no sense. If you, if you actually lay it out, it's all, like, based on vibes and haven't seen it before. So I think the Ra- And then the Ravens have, like, the strength of schedule thing on their side, too. They play in the hardest division in the conference. yeah, By far. Like, the last place Bengals are 6-6 six and six, and just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence playing most of the game. I, I think they have the best case. Like, any way you look at it, they have the best case.
1: Yeah, and it's also not like... I, I think, look, the Chiefs, and, and rightly so the chiefs have gotten a boost all year in you know in our site power rankings in most forms of rankings that are subjective the chiefs are always going to get a boost because they have the best player in the league and they just won the super bowl and we've seen them do it and we know what it looks like and we know that they are never as long as mahomes is healthy they're never out of a game and they have more playoff experience and they have a great coach and they have a good defense and all the all that stuff they always get a pedigree boost Mm -hmm. if you didn't know anything about the chiefs before this season it would be completely rational to think that this was not a very good offense and i i I think you have to i think that has to i think that has to matter here in terms of like are they number two or number three not really any lower than that also like they're still going to easily win their division and um, in a year when offense is down across the board, they're still um, they're still a, a high performing unit, but it is still to me more than enough to say that they should be um, below the Ravens, how much below the Ravens uh, I can either spoil where I went after this, but I'm curious who your two seed was.
0: Yeah. Let's have that conversation. I think this is the one where I kind of deviate it from what I thought I would do. I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the dolphins second. After okay. looking at their case. Part of it is part of it is kind of just like us fucking around and me wanting to see Patrick Mahomes finally play a road playoff game. And that's that may not happen if he's the two seed. It's more likely to happen if he's the three seed. But like I think when you when you factor in how it's looked, which is something that you have to factor in in style points, I think the Dolphins A game has been more scary than the Chiefs' A game this year. And I know the Chiefs beat them head to head. But it was a close game. If Tua doesn't like, if Tua and uh, I forget the receiver at this point, but the two of them and that receiver don't have the miscommunication, it probably goes to overtime. It was on the road it's in MDX, Germany. It was, right? a, it was a weird game. Like, yeah. And uh, I, I, I think if they played again, if they played next week on a neutral field, I'd pick Miami to win.
1: So that's in, that's really interesting. I put the Dolphins as the three seed and the Chiefs as the two seed. I agree with you. It would be probably more fun if the Chiefs ended up as the three seed. Um, just because it would make it more likely that they would have that game on the road it's I in some ways I thought about it in a similar way but just sort of the the flip side of the coin, which is that I I think the Dolphins a game has been better than the Chiefs a game, but I think the Chiefs B game has been a lot better than the Dolphins B game and we've seen yeah. both. So I think the Dolphins bottom out in a way that the chiefs really haven't even when they've been, less explosive, less impressive. Um, it's a little bit more like, oh my gosh, how did that receiver not catch that pass? But they're moving the ball as a whole and the defense is still good. I I, I trust the Chiefs to not get blown out. Whereas I I can see the Dolphins just meeting the wrong defense, getting their timing disrupted. And the one thing that I don't trust about that team is their ability to find the counters, and so yeah. to me that gives me more questions about them when they start when they get into the playoffs. So I I put them behind um, Kansas City, but that was one of the that it's an interesting close one. Um,
0: Should we use the, my, the like the tie breaker procedure that they have? <laughs> Let's apply it. Yeah. Okay. Championships won does I, they're both winning the division. They're both so winning the division. Strength of schedule is a good question. I'll look up their strength of schedule. Okay. So far,
1: head-to-head uh, competition, if it occurred, is is one that goes to Kansas City. Right. Um. Comparative outcomes of common opponents, and then I'm ignoring the margin of victory piece of that because I don't like it. I mean, that would have to go to the Dolphins, right? Because right, for instance, exactly. who's a common opponent? The Denver Broncos, that game went pretty the, differently for for the Dolphins relative to the Chiefs. Um, the Jets,
0: that game, I was obviously different yep. quarterbacks, but the the Chiefs struggled and almost lost, and maybe would have lost if not for some questionable calls. Uh, the Eagles, they both played, they both lost to. I think the Chiefs were more impressive, but not in a significant way. I wouldn't say. I, I don't think and they it was both like, lost ultimately. Yeah, and they both lost anyway. So. Uh, I think it still goes to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have the slightly harder schedule, and they won the head-to-head. So I guess you're right. It has to be the Chiefs.
1: Because they have have a harder strength of schedule? Yeah. All right. So I think that does give it to KC. So we have Ravens, Chiefs, and the number three is Dolphins. Who is your four seed?
0: See, this one was the toughest one for me, and I went with the Bills. I picked the Bills. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I can't make a compelling case for any other team. Like, who would you, if we're... Obviously, Trevor Lawrence's injury, and we don't know the extent of it necessarily. We don't know how it's going to affect him. A high ankle sprain could be could mean anything, really. We saw Patrick Mahomes win a, a Super Bowl on a high ankle sprain last year, but we've seen other quarterbacks kind of struggle and that injury linger.
1: So, how are if you the, justified... If, go ahead. If, if the Bills off. and the
0: Jaguars... I know this isn't the whole thing, but if the Bills and the Jaguars play tomorrow, who would you pick?
1: Tomorrow, fair with C.J. Beathard playing quarterback, I would pick the Are, Bills.
0: Or, okay, Trevor Lawrence at 80%. I know they played earlier this year, so they have the head-to-head. The Jaguars have that against working. I would pay,
1: I would probably pick the Bills if I knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be playing her.
0: But if we're, it, like, that's what the committee but did with Florida not, State. Okay. I guess it's different with Florida State because they lost their quarterback and the Jaguars might get theirs back, but that's kind of the idea.
1: So, You have to justify that this is, it's not just a vibes pick because the Bills statistically have been a very good team this season. Um, Right, exactly. They just don't have the win-loss record to show it. But I I don't know, are we really adhering to the criteria here? If we can put a team, um, what's the Bills record right now? If If we can elevate a six and six team right now, a 500 team, we're making them the four seed? We have to, I, I do think we have to consider division winners a little bit more than that, which is why I put the Houston Texans as the 4C. Because I think if C.J. Beathard's going to be playing, let's say, let's call it the next three games, something like that. I think the Texans are winning this division. And if if that offense with a quarterback who's been in the MVP conversation ends up a division winner ends up with the better record um, obviously than, than Jacksonville uh, would probably have a better record than the other wildcard teams. Although at that point, if you win the division, I think that that's enough of a, that that fits the criteria enough to say that they should be a higher seed. I mean, can we really make the argument that the Bills, the analytics argument, and just the presence of Josh Allen? We can yeah, make them the I, four seed just based on that?
0: It's not just based on that, though, I don't think. I think it's based on, one, one, they have the best quarterback of any of these teams we're discussing outside of Patrick Mahomes. Two, they have, they're sixth, seventh in DVOA? I think they're they're fourth in the AFC in DVOA. So, like, DVOA at least backs up the stake. Their schedule is one of the hardest schedules in the league played so far, and their losses like they're not that bad, outside of the Jets game.
1: Well, and they still what is they still haven't lost a game by more than six points.
0: Right, they lose a close game to the the Broncos when the, the Broncos have been playing better football. Like they they had a winning record. It's not like that was a terrible defeat when it happened. If they had lost to the Broncos when Vance Joseph was giving up fifty points a week, sure, but that's not when it happened. <laughs> uh they lose to the Jaguars in England after the Jaguars have been in England for a week already by five points, I don't think that's like a, a, a loss that tells us a lot about either team. The Patriots loss is hard to get over. And that's, that's the one thing that's tripping me up here. But I think there's enough around that with like their performance based on stats and the underlying numbers, the fact that they have Josh Allen. So we know the ceiling is very high and the fact that they've played a hard schedule and yeah, the record isn't great, but they haven't been like embarrassed at really any point this season. They could play with the Eagles. They could play with the Bengals when they have Joe Burrow. They could play with all these teams. They killed the Dolphins, who we put in the sec- as the second seed. I-, I don't see an argument against it other than like win loss record is the only argument against it.
1: I do think it's a pretty good argument against it, though, because at some point, at some point, we have to penalize them for not winning the damn games.
0: But that means we had to credit like a team like the Vikings last year for winning the games. And we didn't do that. We were smart not to do that. And we end up being right in the end because we never refused to do that. It's the okay. other side of that.
1: Things can be a matter of degree. Right? That's true. Like we that's we point. could, you know, spoiler alert, I have the Bills in in my playoffs. Where do you have them? I have them. Spoiler. Alert. I, see, I put them I put them in number seven.
0: Ooh. Okay, that's too low.
1: Okay.
0: Let's split the so difference. So here's
1: here's what it is: is I put them at number seven because I just I just didn't I felt like the way the way into the playoffs is to win games, <laughs> and they simply have not been able to do that. So I felt like based on based on the eye test, they deserve to squeak in there, but I just didn't feel like they deserved anything more than that.
0: First of all, the way to get into the real playoffs is to win games. These are the fake playoffs. These are
1: the fake playoffs. You
0: don't have to win games. I could put the I'll put the I'll put the Panthers in the playoffs. I'll put them in the AFC playoffs. I don't care.
1: I mean, but I, he, I, so here's here's the other thing that I would say though is that aren't the Bills the funniest 7 seed? Because you have, you know, say the the I mean, if the Chiefs wound up with the 2 seed, that's interesting and that's a, a rematch of the game that might have mentally scarred Josh Allen for life. Um but maybe it's the Dolphins, right? And and
0: it's the Dolphins. You're not thinking about this as Nora the podcaster. Can you imagine the takes off of a Josh Allen Lamar Jackson wild card playoff game, one and done? Oh We'd have God. to like have a take about it. And I don't want to no, have a take about No, it actually that.
1: upsets me. But it, but no, but the Ravens are going to get the one seed in this world, so that's fine. And then say it ends up being like say you're the Dolphins <laughs> and you've you know you've you've had real highs this season you've also had some lows but you make it through you you win the AFC East you're the, the division winner for the first time in how many years in a row have the bills won it it's, it's like three or four at, at this four. point yeah. um you finally knock off buffalo for the AFC East title you're so excited you get into the playoffs everything has finally come together last year ended how it did this year seems so much better excited real aspirations and then the first playoff game you have all of a sudden it's Josh Allen and the Bills <laughs> like you're 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 getting ready to play the Steelers who can't move the ball at all or the Colts or Plucky but just not a team that has superstars the way that the Dolphins do you feel really good about about the Miami defense um going against Gardner Minshew and and that group or something like that. And then it turns out to be Josh Allen. I mean, that's hysterical. That's so it sad. Is, is, that's so annoying. That's scary.
0: It is a good bit.
1: So I think is the Bills as a seven seed is, is just is just good drama.
0: Can we do... Okay, can we compromise and put him at the fifth or sixth Because I think it makes more sense the way you're doing it because it follows the divisional format. So having the AFC South the best team from the AFC South, makes sense for them being the four seed. So I, I will I will give you the Texans at number four.
1: You'll give me the Texans?
0: I like that pick, and I like them over the Jaguars. I don't think we should even have to explain why we think they're over the Jaguars, because when these two teams played this year, over the course of 120 minutes, I thought the Texans outplayed them. Obviously, the Jaguars won the last game, but things have changed because Trevor Lawrence isn't healthy anymore. Well, that's and, the, the and the Jags
1: right. next... Um... The Jags' next three are against the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bucks. Um, And then they finish the season with the Panthers and the Titans. Uh, I think if you were Jacksonville, you might wish that you could jumble that schedule up a little bit and not have two current playoff opponents in these next couple of games where it really does seem like they're pretty likely to be without Trevor. Um, also, gosh darn it. Trevor Lawrence not being in that Ravens Jaguars game is annoying. It's Sunday Night football why can't we have nice things? I just don't know. um but I agree with you that that uh we don't really have to make the argument, but also just on a on a schedule level, it seems pretty likely to me that the Texans have a very good chance of of leapfrogging Jacksonville just with who. The Jaguars are going to have to play without Trevor. Um, let's go through. Let's do five and six, and then let's figure out where we want to slot the Bills in. Okay, because so I really have... want to
0: know who your five and six are if you have the Bills at seven.
1: So I had the Jaguars at five and the Browns at six. Um okay. the, Jaguars I the Texans at five.
0: at five.
1: Okay. So the Jaguars at five has to do with the fact that I think it seems like Lauren still has a, a pretty good shot to be back before the end of the regular season and for the playoffs, um, as long as he is, you know, you, you threw out 80%. That makes me a little nervous, but if he's, if he's 85, 90, even I, I just, I, I feel better about Jacksonville, um, which still is a pretty good defense. I think they've figured a lot of things out offensively. I think they've, they, before Trevor Lawrence got injured, they've been getting better as the season went on figuring out, especially how to use those receivers to their advantage. uh, I think that's a, that's a good team. Um, And that's a team that I certainly trust over the Colts, the Steelers, the Browns uh, who are some of the teams that we would start talking about in this category, the Browns, I put at six and it, if we're putting the bills In that means essentially that I'm seeding the Browns over the Colts and the Steelers. And really what that came down to is that I can tell you the Browns have an elite defense. The Browns do something really, really, really well. Now the Steelers have a good defense too, but I think the Browns is better. And I also think <laughs> it's not that Joe Flacco was like great. Oh, on what are Sunday, you about to say? But I would rather have Joe Flacco, who on the right, who it looks like on the right day is just going to air it out and hope than like Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky throwing, you know, behind the line of scrimmage every other throw. Um, this is a stat that I just, I actually was like five minutes late to this podcast recording because I needed to find this one tweet by Jake Trotter, who covers the Browns for ESPN, just because I think it's amazing. And so, according to Next Gen Stats, Joe Flacco attempted 19 passes over 10 air yards on Sunday, which was the most in a game by a Browns quarterback in, I want you to guess, how long?
0: Oh my God, 10 years.
1: Okay, not 10 years, but five years. <laughs>
0: I thought it would be ridiculous, but that is is ridiculous.
1: Five years.
0: First game out.
1: First game out, comes off of the couch and just is like chucking it. And there is certainly a world in which that becomes, if Joe Flacco does that every Sunday and tried to do that in the playoffs, that becomes like a five interception game. But it's at least entertaining. And I think, like, I don't care about which teams could lose respectably. (laughs) Like, I think the Steelers could kind of could keep it close and make it weird and make it. I don't want to watch
0: that though. But I don't want to watch
1: it. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Get it out of there. I want Joe Flacco to just like pray for DPI on every throw. And just make it messy and ridiculous. And then rely on the fact that if a few of those connect, Cleveland has a legitimately very good defense. Um, Jim Schwartz can come up with with a good plan, experienced coordinator. There's a world in which they win a game against a team that is objectively much better than them because they're just going to embrace chaos more than I think some of these other teams. So that was why I, probably the more legitimate argument for the Browns being in over like the Colts or the the Steelers to me is just that they have one truly elite unit. But there was a little bit of it too where I just like, it's not that I trust Flacco. It's just that he could do it. There's a, There's a world in which when you're at the skinny end of the skinny tail on the bell curve, he does something great.
0: I was so exasperated, not because I disagreed with you. It's because I agreed with you and I realized how depressing it is that, like, Joe Flacco is their best option going forward. I chose it's not like to It's, like, not have even a converse.
1: It's, like, very obvious that, that the Browns quarterback situation is probably a conversation for another time. But, like, yeah.
0: And for me, that time is not the postseason. Do not let the Browns anywhere near the playoffs. Don't let the Steelers anywhere near my playoffs. My, my... See, I'm, you're like the, who the playoff committee likes to think they are, like how they present themselves. I'm like the the person who they that actually are, the fans think they are like, I only want to see good games and I only want to see good television. So my wild cards are the Jaguars. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip them. So I'm going to have the Texans fourth. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to put the Texans fourth. I'm going to put the Bills. I'll put the Bills sixth. I'm putting okay. the Jaguars fifth because of the Trevor injury. If that was, if he wasn't hurt, they would be fourth. The Bills would be fifth. The Texans would be sixth, and then my seventh seed. I don't know if I have a, a viable argument for this one, but I don't care. I'm putting the Chargers. It's the Chargers. You want a weird game? I'll give you a weird game. The Chargers are going to give you the weirdest fucking Steven. game you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Let me. I'll make. I, I have a case. I have an actual case for this. Okay.
1: Okay. Make it.
0: First of all. One of the hardest schedules in the league. One of the hardest schedules in the league. And they only have lost games by three points. They Okay, they lost to the Ravens by 10 points, but that game was basically a, a one-possession game. But outside of that, they've only lost to teams by three points, and they're playing some of the best teams in the NFL. They lost to the, the Dolphins by two points on a last-second field goal. They lost to the Cowboys, the team that we think could win the Super Bowl, on a last-second field goal at the end of a game. Or not a last-second field goal, but a, a go-ahead score. They they lost to the Chiefs by 14 points, but I think that game was more competitive than people thought it would be. They lost to the Lions, another up-and-coming team, by three points. They lost to the Packers, a team that we can't stop talking about, by three points. Because Quentin Johnson dropped. They're playing well, like in a vacuum. Ignore the record. They're a good football team. And they play well against other good football teams. I'd rather see Justin Herbert go up against Lamar Jackson. Or not Lamar Jackson. I guess they would be playing the Chiefs. Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes on wild Card weekend and you're turning it down for Joe Flacco? <laughs> Stop laughing. You're turning it down because <laughs> Joe Flacco might throw a DPI, like you might throw it up? No. Get out of here.
1: I, I live in the real world, Stephen. I'm not saying that it's what I, I, I... There's a compelling case that this would be fun. The Chargers are five and seven. <laughs>
0: You can... these other teams are seven and five it's one game it's literally one it's, result you flip one all, result it's... and they have the same record you flip first one all, result it's and they... two games yeah but you know that's how wins and losses work if you win if you lose a game you can't win it so if i take a win away from the browns that means they have a well, loss it's one it's, one
1: it's one head-to-head game
0: Oh yeah, that's a good it's point. Two I don't know how outstanding, so I don't know how standings work, but
1: I mean, this is you are on. You have never been more wins are not a team stat than in this podcast doing this exercise. The Chargers have the same record as the Raiders. We can't like <laughs> you started. The Bills are one game ahead saying, of them. The Bills are one game ahead of them. You started making the case by saying. <laughs> The Chargers only lose games by three points and then mentioned like three games that they lost by more than three
0: points. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: that, the college football the,
0: playoff does know, not have to run I know they,
1: they played a closed game against Kansas City one time. The Chargers 25th ranked defense by EPA. I, I'm sorry. I don't What's want the that anywhere ranked? near.
0: <laughs> What's the offense rank, though?
1: Like 13th or something? <laughs> <laughs> they're 12 okay, that, they're fine that
0: didn't, go, that didn't go as well as i i thought it would but if you're making that argument then let's re, let's revisit the bills then why aren't the broncos over in over the bills the broncos beat the bills they have the same record and they're playing better footballs of late
1: because the the chargers are like on the precipice of getting their head coach fired it's this this Chargers season <laughs> It's like a quantifiable disaster.
0: They're on the precipice of having their coach fired. The Browns have been through four quarterbacks, and their starting quarterback that you're you're touting right now is on the practice squad as we speak.
1: Yeah, but those other quarterbacks that they've been through are bad. The I Chargers. don't know. I'm going with
0: the Chargers. DVOA, Browns 12th, Chargers thirteen. <laughs> But Chargers are better in weight at DVO, which takes like, which puts more weight on the, the last couple games.
1: you <laughs> are an agent of chaos.
0: Who would, who would win in a game? Who would win in a game if they played?
1: The Chargers or the Browns?
0: Yeah, the Browns would probably probably win, but the Chargers yeah, would be Yeah, I like wholeheartedly
1: be the believe the Browns would win that game.
0: But only because of Chargers' wonkiness. Like the Chargers would clearly be the better team.
1: The Chargers have been wonky for like, I mean... At least a decade.
0: And what have the Browns like, been? Char-
1: chargers, char- chargering is baked into the pudding at this yeah, point.
0: But chargering is losing a close game. Brownsing is, I don't even know what it is. It's a lot of things, but it's not, none of it is entertaining. It's like giving Deshaun Watson 230 million guaranteed, or it's like going 0 16. I don't want to watch the Browns in the playoffs. Nobody wants what No one wants it. I know, like, it feels like the right thing to do, but it's the Florida State conversation with me. Did you? Did anyone really want to watch Alabama blow Florida State out? Would you do have you, like during the game when it's thirty to seven in the third quarter? You're like, you know what, this game sucks, and I don't want to watch it. But I'm very happy that Florida State got rewarded for the season.
1: The Chargers <laughs> just scored six points against the New England Patriots. Oh, you so now now
0: that oh, so now you don't care about wins and losses. And what what did the defense do? I cannot do?
1: believe what you were doing right now.
0: What did the I, defense do? If the Browns' elite defense is the reason they're in, zero points, it seems pretty... You can't do better than that.
1: Against Bailey Zappi. Who's not allowed to throw more than, like, two yards down the field.
0: Let's not pretend like Bailey Zappi wouldn't have started, like, three games for the Browns already this season. Are you serious? They wish they had Bailey Zappi.
1: First of all, no, they do not.
0: Yeah, that's true. Nobody does.
1: DTR and PJ Walker with their hands, like on each other's shoulders in a trench coat with their hands tied behind their back, is probably roughly equivalent to, to Bailey's Epi right now. Yeah. Um, and point. also. So- I-
0: where are we going to land? We, we, we've we disagreed so I'm much not on this i letting... Last the,
1: the Chargers may not be in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> Do we need a tiebreaker? Do we need to bring in some producers?
1: I think we might. Producer Stefan, please help us here. I'll, here here's what I will say. I will elevate... I will agree to elevate the Bills...
0: If I leave out the Chargers? If
1: we keep the Chargers out of the
0: playoffs, We got staffed in a way. Do you want to
1: have that conversation? Do you want to be... If if Justin (laughs) Herbert, if they're one and done in the playoffs, the Chargers squeak in and then they lose a game where Justin Herbert actually plays very well, but they lose the game because Brandon Staley mismanages it or there's a, a critical drop or whatever happens. Do you want to have that conversation again? Is this what you want? Is this what you're I trying to make happen?
0: I don't want it, but it's a fate I've accepted. And I, I'm not weak-minded. I'm not going to just change my take based on the results of that have nothing to do with Justin Herbert. So I'm fine with having that conversation. I'll have it again. I, I'll get on a pot after Brock Purdy throws four touchdowns and tell you he's he's mid. You think I'm going to have any this? issue doing that?
1: What about this? What if we keep the Chargers out of the playoffs, but then we, just have, we have Brock Purdy and Justin Herbert do the do like the skills competition, and just do a bunch of like one on one throwing, and that'll be really satisfying for you personally.
0: No, so you don't understand how what these people do. These anti Herbert people, they'll just be like, "See, I told you, he's all physical and gifts, and it's not. It's about what's going on in between the ears. That's all they'll do." So, no, I, I turned down that offer. I'm not moving off of it. Let's bring in Steph. He's gonna he's gonna have with, to decide
1: with love, Stephen. You sound like you're in a cult documentary.
0: Hey, the cult documentary is much easier to watch than the Joe Flacco playoff game. That's all I'll say. Steph, Steph, who do you think should make the playoffs? Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of I, I for for content purposes, we got to get the the Chargers in, but if I had a no! pick, Uh-oh, I no would buds. put the Broncos in. I kind of want to oh, see how crazy I want to <laughs> see how crazy this gets with the Broncos. Listen, I'm ready. I, I'm willing to see how craziness gets. That's I just my this, opinion. I regret bringing Stefan immediately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> First of all, I can't believe you're doing Joe Flacco dirty like that, producer Stefan. I mean, for all he's done for the Jets franchise, I I, I think you should be kinder.
0: All right, but I'll you give in. I think we're I'll doing give it. In.
1: Let's 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 oh. give in. Let's put the let's let's put the Broncos in the playoffs.
0: All right, fine. <laughs> that works for me. Neither of us are right. Neither of us get our wish. No
1: one's right. No Flacco, um, no
0: Herbert. Because Steph mean, wants look, to see Russell Russell Wilson take five sacks on third down.
1: Here's the thing, though. Here's here's the here's the benefit of this. In a season that has has, I don't know if it's taught us anything because of this, but it has certainly shown what happens when quarterback durability, quarterback injuries just completely destroy the entire landscape of what we thought was going to happen. Something to be said for, uh, for Mr. Unlimited who never gets hurt, no matter how many like dumb sacks he takes and how many like ill-advised attempts to run around back there. I mean, there are worse things to be said. Um, about Russell Wilson than than his durability, certainly. So for producer Stefan, we are gonna make the Denver Broncos the seven seed. So what that what that leaves us with is Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, Texans is the four seed, Jags is the five seed, Bills is the six seed, Broncos is the seven seed and probably some sort of ensuing congressional investigation for um, us having allowed an outside party to influence and meddle in the seating to that degree. Um, So I'll see you at Congress.
0: Mike, I feel like we'll have to bring charges against Steph for exploiting Russell Wilson and exposing him to Mike McDonald's defense. That is just not fair, and that's going to end horribly. I don't want to watch that.
1: Oh, it's really good. I kind of do. I, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, who oh knows? wait, they wouldn't
0: even play. they would be playing the uh, the cheat oh my God Spagnolo versus Russ. I guess we've already seen that I guess in the guess we've seen it
1: yeah. um but I, I somehow I think the rematch might be slightly different. uh all right, this has been fun. Any final thoughts Steven anything anything we missed about the seating, the uh selection committee? Did this feel? Did you feel like awash with power?
0: I did. It felt very good to be able
1: to. Put I think the clearly in the you playoffs. did because you went absolutely rogue with some you of your selections. But I, you can add
0: it. this to the uh, Justin Herbert and hypothetical situation memes. In this hypothetical situation, he's in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> he's in the hypothetical playoffs. I love it. All right, this has been Dual Threat on the Ringer NFL Show feed. I'm Nor Princiati, He is Steven Ruiz. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for producing this episode. Thank you to Kiara Givens for her work on socials. Thank you to Arjuna Ramgopal and Connor Nevins for their additional production supervision. Ben and Sheila will be up next with Extra Point Taken and Stephen and I will be back on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.org slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY in New York.